Yo, we are back once again. 48th episode. I think this is Henry. What's this? Our seventh or sixth episode of the month. We're going into overdrive. You know we've, been we've been rolling. We've been pushing out great content. So, you know what I'm saying? Go make sure y'all listen to that. We talked everything from the verses. We talked to goddamn voter suppression in Milwaukee and how this going to fit the rest of the United States. We talked about a goddamn HBCUs. We talked about student loans. We talked about everything, bro. Go listen to that. Go get that. Go cut that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, Henry with the they man. They really do. You yeah, Henry with really the man energy on a Thursday. We'd love to see it. So be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. That includes Instagram and Twitter at WRGOPod. Be sure to watch this video on YouTube, as I always wave to the camera. Be sure to subscribe, like, listen, comment, send to your friend, send to your mother, send to your friend on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google podcast and at this point as always since we're doing this quarantine stuff we have another special guest i will let her introduce herself and all of her and where and where and where we can follow her and such okay hi everyone my name is Sadija wallace um i run a blog called saver by sadie it's the international lifestyle and cooking blog um i went to howard like the wonderful host and graduated in 2016 with a degree in public relations and a minor in political science uh, by profession i am a hr recruiter so i recruit for healthcare workers previously i did work in nonprofit and education so um i've worked on different political campaigns at howard i volunteered for different campaigns uh, from senate and presidential elections um, in the real world, so I'm really excited about what's going on in 2016 and what's really going on with y'all president, coronavirus, the governors oh, who are losing their minds. We, that ain't my president. Yeah, um, it's not. But so, yeah, so Henry put together this amazing document. So I will let Henry you you gonna lead us up. You gonna lead us up for the day since you you the one who who, who led this. You know, I kind of been pushing. Yeah. Know. But uh, anyway, um, so we know everything. Well, we we kind of have, like, realized, like, what's going on, whatever. Um, and I couldn't develop a topic for tonight's episode because I do foresee this going in whatever direction the conversation naturally leads because, like, Sadija is into politics, knows into politics, and then I'm all about that. Culture, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, so like um, we see what's going on and like Trump handling of the situation don't necessarily seem all too good. And like if you guys watched that um, press conference he did on Monday, um, and he basically like pushed the burden of handling the pandemic onto governors. Uh, like, what does that say about our national leadership? So. Since the coronavirus briefings have been going on, I cannot sit through and watch one. I wait for this. I go to CNN fact check because all he gets up there is do, and do is lie. It's <laughs> nothing but lies. So I don't even waste my time because it just makes me angry. I'm like, what you're saying isn't true. Here are the facts. These scientists are telling you different things. Your doctors are telling you different things. And you're going out there and saying the total opposite. And you know, literally just lying. So I don't watch them anymore. Um, She's still with us. Where our government by the Trump administration in Louisiana, 
our governor during the coronavirus epidemic and how like we needed um, we needed more ventilators. But he's been doing a very good job of making sure that we don't reopen too soon when our neighbors in Texas are not doing the same thing under Republican Except forget leadership. That. We gonna do what we gonna do. Uh, exactly. So we have been being very proactive and getting um, ventilators from other states and making sure that we are staying at home and helping to decrease our numbers. So with that being said, the governors have been showing leadership, most of them, with mm -hmm. the exception of your few Republican governors who were late to set, late to um, have stay-at-home orders, who were late to um, respond to testing, who are early and wanted to open their states and their economies back up. Um, uh -huh. So what that says about national leadership to me is that what we've already known before the 2016 election was that Trump would be an incompetent leader. And what it shows to me is that it doesn't matter what has happened in the last three years. If you don't see what's going on now, you'll never get it. You'll never understand. It don't matter how many people die, how many people close to you died. Like, if you don't see that what's going on <laughs> with the president isn't normal, then you'll never get it. And you don't care about anybody else. <laughs> no, and that's, that's real. That's valid. Uh, and I feel a special type of way because, uh, like, we'll talk about this in more detail down the line because I definitely want to talk about a specific point you just rose in regards to, like, the re it's Republican uh, I, government. I already know you itching to say it. I know you can't. <laughs> what? <laughs> you talk about it. I Georgia, I already know. We, we oh, we going to get on that. I already know. Um, I already know you can't Your wait. home team over there. Yeah. Listen, we're going to get on that. But uh, we, I, uh, you specifically pointed out the fact that, like, it's Republican governors that are, like, pushing to, like, try to open these states and not just any type. They're, like, very conservative type, right? Um, Forbes has a great write-up, um, which, like, we suggested in the reasons, and we'll tag this under in the thread when we drop the episode, but it's entitled Republican Governors of Three States Trying to, like, reopen, set to reopen, uh, let businesses call the shot. So, like, they basically go into detail about the Republican Party and how they ignore science and uh, <clears throat> how that party is basically, like, based on bolstering, like, ignorance and then, like, protecting like the economy right um those are the two only like traits that are definitive of what a republican is um so like when you like protect this party who is like ignoring science um because they didn't want to like you know saying cut funding into the fossil fuel industry that then like perpetrates to what's happened now um and you right. see governors who are rushing to open states to protect an economy but when you open that economy, how much is going to be protected? Like, I, if, I mean, yeah, like how much is going to be protected? Because like, if, if we're talking about Georgia, right? Georgia is one of the like leading states in the causes, but they have the least amount of tests. Not right. only that, I don't know if you peeped. Um, I read an article today that had the guidelines that they are requiring the businesses to have to reopen. Mm -hmm. Most of which require PPE that the hospitals can't even get. I can't go to Costco. I can't go to Sam's. I can't go to Walmart. I can't okay. go on Amazon. I can't go on any of those places and order gloves. I can't order wipes. I can't order for the lack any, of supplies. I can't right. order masks that are right. disposable. We have masks here, but our masks have been handmade. I just ordered eight more from the seamstress who's been making our masks. Yeah, but I use a key mask. Like, 
<laughs> like I can't get, I can't get a bath. You a DC mo right there, man. Um, and like, and for a lot of people, you can't. Just like a lot of like Texas, another Republican state, the Houston area, which is full of black people, they're requiring them to start wearing masks. But if people can't get them and don't have access to it, how do you expect it if it's not being government provided because the government can't even provide it to the essential workers? How do you expect the average citizen or the small business owners who have been closed for a month? who don't have any revenue for, uh, flowing to be able to afford these things like disposable seat covers? Right, yeah. Like, and yeah. then, like, that'll kind of, like, segue to the next question. I didn't mean to cut you off. You guys know your No, no I was just going to say that. I think that, that gets to the point of where you're saying, like, there is no national leadership because if we did have a functioning president and a fully functioning gov government, the president would then say, okay, who has the most need and where does this stuff need to go? Like, okay, I'm going to make sure... New York gets covered. Okay, Houston has a rising issue. Even cities like New Orleans, which just didn't care, and all of a sudden they had an outbreak. Okay, I'm gonna make sure supplies get there. Like it seems like the the my problem with the national leadership is that like stuff just isn't seeming to get where it needs to go. Like I we haven't really joke. seen anything. No, go ahead. That's what the like we joke that. about it on Twitter about Como, but I listen to every yeah. single one of his addresses. I listen to anytime he get on Twitter. Anytime he's talking about how they have to go borrow equipment or you have the governor of California who would deliver broken generators. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sorry, not generators, ventilators. And they have to go get them fixed because if they complain about it, then you have a president who's taunting them. Like, they don't want to, they don't bow down to me. I'm not going to give it to them. That's us. a bigger problem, I think, too, because what, like, Trump basically said, I'm putting this in governor's hands, right? And then when Kemp decides to open the uh, state, he like, oh, I don't necessarily agree, but if he feels confident enough, then go ahead. And my thing is like, what message are you sending here? Because right. do you support this or do you not support this? He, I, was, I, he was for it and he supported them reopening the economy until, you know, he always got to go and bite his words when his leadership tells him what to say and he's like okay you telling these governors that they could do whatever and then well at first didn't he say something along the lines of like i'm saying what's going on like it's not the governor then you go back the next day you're like okay the governors can't control what's going on in their yeah state. he's been and he's now been flopping all over the place on it like, yeah but it's take control but don't it's like yeah, yeah it's right. like i want to be in control like just like i want to sign a stimulus check i want my name to be printed on it this came from my administration, blah, 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 blah. Like, everything is about him. And I know a lot of narcissistic people, but this is off the charts of narcissism. Like, <laughs> it is uh, really off the charts. Seriously, he tweeted about his approval rating the other day, talking about, well, I guess we're handling the pandemic good, and then in quotation, great. Uh, and, like, oh, that leads, that kind of, like, just, for me, it's, very much, uh, like like we've all said, we expected this from the Trump administration, right? But when when it when it actually like comes to play and like you see it like actually happening in terms of like um, governors actually like following that agenda um, or specific like businesses closed or defining their like workers as essential just to like have. Them. Um, which kind of like leads me to the next point, like how's affecting black and brown communities um, because like we're being affected and dying in large masses. 
Um, and then when you look at like these essential essential with air quotes, right, um, that are open, you're talking about like fast food places, Walmart, Kroger, your postman, um, you know, just like service, service industry people basically. And those typically fall into, you know, saying black and brown communities have hold hosting and holding those jobs. And then with those jobs, like you got a concern about healthcare benefits. Like we don't get yeah. pay. <laughs> like shoot, are you getting benefited for actually coming in? Are you getting right. more for coming in? So I have a lot to say about that, and I'm gonna like break it up into a different settings. So at this point, I think that most people, most black people know someone who has died from coronavirus or someone who has battled or is currently battling coronavirus. And of course that comes from the issues we have in our healthcare system. The not having access to healthy food, food Oh, Wendy, food stamps are benefits who can only go when they get those benefits loaded. They can't order Instacart from the computer because you can't use food stamps online. So those people have to go in. A lot of the people, since schools are out, may not have childcare or may not be able to leave their kids at home. So you're you're exposing your children to that. You're the dialogue of social distancing is one of privilege too because who's to say that someone lives in a place where i'm lucky enough to have my own room while i'm at my parents house but a lot of people don't i know so many families who three and four kids live in one in one bedroom and it's lucky if the parent even has a bedroom of themselves so if someone isn't showing the symptoms where they have to be hospitalized and they have to fight coronavirus at home then they're disposing other people to the virus and they can't help it because they don't have the socioeconomic like means to be able to social distance or self-isolate in the way that you want them to. Like you said, black people, brown people are the working class. We are the heartbeat of America. Everybody knows somebody who is not, not going to work and yeah. a lot of people who are also laid off in the process then some people who are able to work from home with pay with benefits and not have to worry about that but there's so many that's people a privilege who, you know, within itself. that is a privilege yeah. like there are like i can look inside of my own home and see that as a privilege like being able to work from home or being able to take a meeting once a week and still get a check for your full 40 hours a week and that hey, is girl, talk about it. You thank the Lord for stuff like that, though. Um, and I mean, just like and a it, lot it, of us are not as blessed because, like, and I'm gonna keep referring to Georgia because, like, that's like really upset me. Because when you think about Georgia, can't probably think about the rural area of Georgia, but when you think about Georgia, the heartbeat of Georgia, what you think about? Atlanta. What you think about? Black folk. Black people and how black people can be successful in that in that type of place, but you don't. I, my dad said to me, I had to send him to Walmart to the neighborhood Walmart, not even a full fledged Walmart. Send him to Walmart. He said, "Sadiza, I saw not one single white person walking in working in Walmart." And 
that just goes to show you that the working class, the people who are exposing themselves. I don't know if y'all saw the article about the lady with special needs in Maryland who worked yeah. as a giant. Her mm -hmm. last paycheck was $20. And you're telling me that $20 is worth my life? Yeah. That you can't, as a company, provide me with the PPE. You can't, as a company, provide me with extra pay. You can't provide me. I tell people all the time who are lucky enough to still be on their parents' insurance how much I pay for insurance with a full-time job, like, out of my check a month. Let's and talk about it, because people don't understand the nuances that are embedded into the So you're telling me, like, even to be able to afford, like, let's just say a lot of people got separated for their companies in this time. Um, when I left my previous job, you, I had, like, a, of course, like a enrollment window to enroll in healthcare with my new job. And so part of that, I could have paid COBRA benefits, which um, unless you're separated from a job, a lot of people don't know about it. And like I said, I'm an HR. So COBRA benefits are like where you can keep your same benefits from your old employer, but you have to pay the employer cost plus the employee cost. So for instance, if I'm paying $45 every two weeks out of my check for health insurance, that actual cost that my employer was paying was similar to $654 every two weeks out of your check versus paying $45. So a lot of people who are separated from their companies can't afford to pay the out-of-pocket health care. No, and then those same people may not qualify for Medicaid or Medicare and be able to enroll in something like, you know, like, Obamacare or private insurance because they just can't simply afford it. And we talk about how some people, and it shows the disparities in minimum wage and other stuff, the extra $600 a, a week that people are getting in unemployment, some of that is more than what people are making if you're making $7.25 an hour. And it's going to be hard. Like, I don't know if people understand that the ramifications of this virus just expose so much of what is wrong in America that those people are getting more money for sitting at home and not being employed than they could have ever made. In Louisiana, the, the a one, one person can make up to, I think it's like $1,100 to be able to qualify for $180 worth of food stamps. Mm. So the average per that means that that person would have to make far less than minimum, like make minimum wage and not be working a whole 160 hours in a month to be able to qualify to even receive food stamps. And $180 for one person, if you're going to the grocery store, it's really like, we grocery shop, you know, that goes fast. So mm -hmm. it's like, it just goes to show you that, and that's the max amount. That's saying that you may probably wait, like probably make like nine hundred or eight hundred dollars a month, and you're getting the max amount in, um, in benefits for food stamps. So it's just things like that that just show you how different life is for the average American, and how many people, and how many companies. Because if you're telling me that AMC said they might not be able to come back from this. And these are major multi-billion dollar corporations. And you expect an American to be able to have paychecks saved up where they 
to live without getting paid for weeks after being shut down for three like it's it's really just crazy to me no i definitely agree um noah you need to jump in you've been kind of quiet but no no i'm just letting no so these have been giving a sermon i'm just letting i'm just in the um, pew uh, I want to hear your take on it. Um, Sadisha definitely been cooking. I definitely appreciate the jam. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I, I was gonna say a lot when we get to the Georgia point because I have a specific okay. thing about that. But I just think I just think like Sadisha was saying. Like I just feel like I'm pre- I'm just tacking on what she was saying. I think that the inequalities that we already had are more exposed during something that's as drastic as this, and I think that it shows that there has been a lack of kind of response toward those specific needs of whether it's like Henry, you sent me the, you sent me the link about a lot of black businesses aren't getting their loans at the same rate that white businesses are. Corporations, like they said, Ruth Ruth Chris got 10 million, but a lot of small businesses. Shake Shack. Yeah. Also. Hot Belly. Right. And I know personal small businesses who, and I know personal small businesses who applied the moment the applications went out. And then, let's talk stuff. about access yeah. to that application, though, because it was kind of like uh, 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 it went out. Some people applied, and then it was kind of like a freeze. Uh, what's going on? Era type of I can't access this thing because I know specifically a business owner in Atlanta that was trying to apply to this loan and couldn't access it. Could access the application, right? And I think and that's how it be key. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people realize like how how many businesses especially black and brown businesses need that capital to pay their workers and i think people just especially like leadership and they don't understand that each employee has a family each employee has someone who they might be supporting and for a lot of those small businesses they can't come back if they close their doors they don't have the access to capital to just say we shut down for six months we're going to keep this lease and then we're just going to open up that's a big ask that you're asking a lot of. And, and that's like a problem I was talking to. Um, and that's why I like ask both of y'all, like y'all opinions differently separately because I was speaking to like one of my uh, littles that's an um, MO or whatever. And like, shout out to my dear. Great and um, I, I just do that real quick. But yeah, so I was talking to one of my littles and um, we was basically talking about how this, like this pandemic literally has potential to just like shut America down. And yeah. with that, like within what, two months, the economy has crashed and hit all time lows we've never seen since when. And then bit on top of that, it's the fact of like small businesses are closing, but you have like this system that's been in place to where big companies are constantly Constantly, they did this in what 28 or whatever. Yeah, they bail Wall Street out, and they're doing the same thing now where they're bailing the bigger companies out. So, like, what does that again say about the morals of America? But, two, the bigger question here is like, does is this system working? Because if 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 this capitalistic system is so beneficial and popping, and we had this booming economy like we had in February, supposedly, why is it that two months later? These businesses, right? They need millions of dollars to bail out, and then the government a lot like gives them the aid. But when it comes to regular Americans, the working class citizens, we're struggling to, you know, saying survive. You're on your own. So to me, you see things like okay, they gave the airline industries money, and what did some of the airlines do? They freeze hiring. They laid off some of their flight attendants. And they not even doing anything. 
they ask flight attendants to take leave um, and all of those things. Then you have businesses like Logan's Steakhouse and Vapiano's who are not opening their doors once this is over. Like they're done. These businesses are bankrupt. All of these employees lost their jobs. You have places like Sephora who got on a conference call and told all that part-time employees that their like their time at Sephora is over if you know anything about that store most of the people who work there are part-time employees so they have a whole lot of big businesses who are still hurting so like you said just imagine the ones who don't even have that luxury to be able to pay their employees while they're at home or to be able to pay their lease on their buildings without having revenue come in and the sad reality is that there are so many businesses. I just saw a tweet about um, Chicago, like there are 1,500 small businesses in Chicago who may not be able to reopen once mm-hmm. this is over. Mm-hmm. And like you said- that went out for DC uh, a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, and so like you said, it's like Trump ran on the economy being his main point. The reason why we're seeing these governors and everybody pushing to reopen it's not because Karen, the Karens need their hair done. It's because Trump wants to be able to say that, like, the economy came back and this happened and that happened. And, oh, I gave you a $1,200 stimulus check right. when that went through Congress. And that's a whole lot less than what the Democrats were trying to get. The whole package was a compromise. But it's like, hey, something's better than nothing. Um, and it's like, you're putting a value, a monetary value on the lives of Americans. You have these quote unquote doctors on Fox News saying that it's okay, only two to three percent of the kids may die, send them back to school. Bro, did y'all right. hear the interview from the Las Vegas uh, Nevada oh. mayor where she she was like, we signed up to get the placebo. We were just gonna sit them outside and tell them they got the vaccination. We were willing to let them die. But then Henry, tie that into the Georgia thing, because I think now we only, of course, Zoom is always telling me we have 10 minutes, but tie that into the Georgia thing, because I think that's key, because I think my main issue with the mayor of Nevada, the governor of Georgia, and all these other governors is that they kind of take this form of like, oh, well, it's the economy, and it's the economy, but you see these protests are about everything but that. But the economy. And my yeah. thing, yeah, uh, go ahead. And then I'm like, on top of that, you think about like what's happening in Nevada, you think about what's happening in Georgia, what's, what they're about to do in Florida, Tennessee, South Carolina, Texas, all these Republican states, and you have to ask what agenda is being pushed here. These are all red states. Red all of this is like a leading up, like, you know what I'm saying? Profit over people. Right. And then you got to think about this in two ways. One, they're going to get ready. All them businesses that can't open, they're going to, like, that reopen. And the people that are affected by this issue can't go into work, so they're going to lay them off unemployment. Or they're going to have to quit. You can't get unemployment. So that list long, or you're not even going to be able to get it. Because that's my frustration with the whole thing is that I think Republicans are trying to take this argument of saying, like, okay, it's the economy over people. When I think it's, like, not even that. It's mainly, and this is a Republican point that we always try to say, I think a lot of Republicans and people who are protesting are mad at the convenience of not being able to do anything. 
They don't care about oh, the economy. Yeah. They don't care about people in Atlanta or people in DC being able to work. They just care about money and we not making nothing. Boom. I think they just care about the convenience of being able to do what they want. Don't tread on me. Don't interrupt my life. They don't care about, yeah. about essential workers getting PPE. They don't care about them getting a pay raise. They just want to do what they want to do. That that's my soapbox on that. Is that they're not they they literally don't care. Yeah, they, <laughs> they don't care. Don't. They want to go to the beach. They want to go to the beach. They want to go on vacation. They see, oh, we have all this time at home, but I can't go to Disney. Are you kidding me? I can't right. take my family on a vacation. Like they just sick about that, and that's crazy. And to your point about the people who can't get unemployment, I don't know if you've uh, been aware of like people whose jobs just reduce their hours to zero or some in some type of way like they're circumventing those so people being able unemployed. to apply for <laughs> right right so like they'll reduce their hours so one of my friends has to go in i think said maybe eight hours a week and so a lot of those people cannot get the unemployment and it's just really crazy and then we talk about how they, I don't know what city it was where they arrested a person for not having on a mask getting on a city bus. But yeah, you have these people um, in places. Um, yeah, so you have these people in places like New York where they have to take public transportation because they're essential workers and expose themselves to more harm to get to work for people to go, <laughs> like the Amazon protesters like for people to go and willy-nilly and shop like oh they were up in arms in michigan when they decided that things that were non-essential couldn't be purchased and like but you have people like i i go to the grocery store one time a week my parents are outside making a grocery list right now usually our day is thursday but today we had hail and thunderstorms so we knew that this week because of the weather we were going on friday we go to the grocery store one day out the week the other six days out of the week, I'm at home. My dad hasn't left the house besides going on Sunday to the grocery store since the weekend before they shut everything down in Louisiana because he has a pre-existing health condition and it's not worth it to him. And he's a teacher. So he actually had the flu and pneumonia right before the coronavirus and was at home sick with the flu and pneumonia when they decided that they were going to shut Louisiana down that following Monday and that he wouldn't return to school until September of this year. Like, they're not going back to school until September. It's over. It's done. But you have people who want to go to the nail salon and have people work for them so they right. can, they, they want to go get massages. Their, their roots are growing out. God forbid we notice that you're not a real blonde. Like, <laughs> it's it, the stupid stuff. And it's since really you brought sick. To, uh, Detroit, Michigan, I want to like throw this out there real fast because I Wait, think this is pretty. Since since we, because I think this would be good for you to get this off your chest. Since we only have five minutes, do you want to cook on Kemp, your governor? Do you want to say anything? You want to really do that? Say, I, I, Please. I want to. I want to shed a little bit of light. Five minutes. Well, so. I got you. Right. So. <clears throat> Detroit, Michigan, they're, um, they basically made an order that all essential workers are being tested. So, like, that's like a heads up. I think that's cool. I hope it has some impact on, like, other cities and states to where they're should follow suit. Yeah. Right. You, you know, so it'll it, it, it at least require that. Uh, I didn't get a, get to get on my soapbox about Georgia Zoom cutting. So, I'm, I'm going to just say my piece right here. Like, I personally, uh, like, when I was listening to that interview, he basically was like, I mean, 
We know it's going to get worse. We see it's going to get bad. But our healthcare professional is going to be prepared and blah, blah, blah. And then you have a black healthcare professional come online less than an hour later after he did that interview. And she's basically pleading that I have to strip my clothes off before I walk in the house. I have to get in a tub with bleach and then go to the shower before I even interact or touch my kids or husband. And she's a doctor working with COVID professionals. And for me, like, my sister's a nurse. She's interacting with these people. And, like, she's not in Georgia. She's in West Virginia. But the, the thought of her possibly getting this, and we don't know, the, like, where it's coming from. We don't know how to handle this. We don't have an actual vaccine that's working. And then on we're top not, of that. We're not testing people. We don't even know who has this yet. And that's that was literally, no about to, idea. That was literally about to be my next point. Every single healthcare expert or professional, whatever you want to title it, has never pointed to let's stop social distancing. They said we need to, social distancing was the small phase. The bigger phase is testing to see who actually got it. And then on top of that, like controlling and centralizing that so what it can't spread. So you got several issues compacted on top of each other, but you just, Oh, I'm going to open the state because the economy is crashing. I think the businesses should handle it. And then you're talking about a conservative state where majority of the areas can rule. So if I'm, I'm a white business owner, my, and I'm, what? I'm not affected. I'm in the crib. Go make my money, ho. Like what? That's some bull crap. They literally are affecting black and brown people. And Keisha Lance, by the shout out to Miss Keisha. You know what I'm saying, my girl Keisha. Yeah, her name my is Keisha. You know we love her. No, nah, but for real, for real, for real. She spoke on, on got that CNN, MSNBC. Well, all of them folks just straight up saying like that she don't agree with it. But the yeah. thing about it is he writ in the order that she can't. Uh, cities yeah, don't have right to So you know there's. And- and it goes to the corporations like Planet Fitness apparently sent out an email to the Georgia um, residents that said, even though they said we can reopen, we are not reopening right now. Like we're not putting our employees, we're not putting y'all at risk because the lawsuits that are going to follow this, if Bro, people go crazy. the second crazy. wave, I think too many I'm people ready. We got less than a minute. We got less than a minute. So <laughs> throw your shit out there real quick. We love you. We, okay. we, we might have to finish this another day. But, um, yeah, we have to because I wanted to cook some banana bread for y'all. Oh my but, lord, um, you bust up and do the recipe, but hang up and yeah, send that. Hang up and send the lead back. I want to see. <laughs> you about to hang up and send the lead back. We're gonna have a two part well, episode. What's we, we, we are, but 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 for the purpose of this episode, Sadija, one more time, uh, drop your all your social media and how we can follow you before we hop back on and record number two. So for this episode, <laughs> we thank you for coming on, but please uh, drop how we can get in contact with you. Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Savored X Sadie. So Savored by Sadie, but with the X um, on Twitter and Instagram. And my website is saveredbysadie.com. So you can follow that. At um, Sundays at 4:30 Central, 4:30 Eastern Time, 3:30 Central Time. Um, so I live cook different stuff this week. We're doing some crawfish bisque and crawfish pies, pecan candy, and strawberry daiquiris. So some real Louisiana stuff. Um, so yeah, follow me. You'll be in for a treat. I promise. So. All right. Well, we are going to hop back on and record episode number two. But for okay. the purpose of this episode, <laughs> thank you, Deja, so much for coming on. Hey.